My name is Jenny. My name is Ted. My name is Gray. And, and this, this is, is Anamorphology. The Invasion. The Visitor. The Encounter. The Message. The Predator. The Capture. The Stranger. The Alien. The Secret. The Android. The Forgotten. The Reaction. The Chain. The Unknown. The Escape. The Underground. The Decision. The Slow Departure. The Sound Discovery. The Proposed Threat. The Mutation. The Separation. The Deception. The Suspicious. The Unexpected. Sacrifice. The Diversion. And the Beginning. Not an Animorphs book. It's probably working. It is probably working. Excellent. You're ready to start this off? Yeah. As you can see, we're practicing responsible social distancing. Yes, we have different germ circles here. Yeah, at least the idea of different social distancing. <laughs> yeah, let's just, let's kick it off. All right. My name is Jenny. My name is Ted. My name is Gray. And, and this, this is, is Animorphology, Animorphology Live. Live. Quarantine edition. Yay. Uh, so we're going to be reading... Animorphs, Alternomorphs number two, the next passage. I'll bring this up so that everybody can see it. The terrifying bird. The great thing about this is that neither Jenny nor Gray have read this. I read it back in the day. I did not own it, which makes me think that I read it in a Walden books and put it back on the shelf. <laughs> um, For good reasons, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But those of you who know how this works will understand that this is a good book to have two readers who don't know what they're in for. Yeah, Ted said that earlier. I'm not sure why the two thing is significant. Maybe there are two yous. I'm very know. nervous about those. You get close. Just in general. Yeah. So last chance to guess, there are three Animorphs books that get riffed on in Alternomorphs 2. <gasps> oh, I forgot okay. what I said last oh. time. All right. Well, it's not one or 11. It's right? not one or 11. Any okay. thoughts? Any thoughts? 14. Because uh, that's the Benny Hill soundtrack. I'll one. give you five between the two of you. So that's one. Fourteen. Okay. Fourteen. <laughs> Ooh, um, um, maybe the Elemist one. Seven. Seven. Uh, I think, I think twelve. I think one of us gets a morphing allergy. Okay. And uh, oh, let's... there's two of us. The separation. It's <laughs> a good guess. Um, Last one. I'm gonna say there are gonna be some androids. I'm gonna go with ten. Okay, you're all wrong. Oh no! <laughs> what? How could we be wrong? We had so many to think of. Okay, so first, the introduction to Alternomorphs 2. My name is Rachel. Who am I? Just a kid. A kid with divorced parents and two little sisters. I go to school, do my homework, hang out with my friends. If you saw me, I bet you wouldn't look twice. Just another suburban mall rat. Nothing special. Funny how that sounds like an insult. I bet you hate being ordinary. I bet you long for something to make you feel different and special. You're probably just waiting for something exciting to happen to you. Be careful what you wish oh, for. Oh, no. <laughs> One night, something exciting did happen to me. I was given a weapon, a wonderful and awful weapon, the ability to morph, to change from an average kid into an animal, into a bird or insect. Only five human beings possess this weapon. Me, Cassie, my best friend, Jake, my cousin and our leader, Marco, our own personal clown, and Tobias, our lost soul. Five humans, unique in all the universe. Guess that makes us pretty special. But along with the power to morph came a mission. Save the world. I'm not kidding. This is no joke. See, Earth is being invaded by the Yerks. Aliens with weak, repulsive bodies. Slugs. Parasites. The Yerks want our human bodies. Our strong legs and hands. Our sensitive ears, mouths, and eyes. They are taking over human hosts, entering their brains, controlling them, rendering them utterly helpless. So we fight. The five of us humans and Axe, an alien kid, <laughs> an Andalite. The Andalites battle the Yerks throughout the galaxy, a war on too many fronts. 
One day the Andalites may send reinforcements to Earth. Until then, we fight alone. Each battle changes us, transforms us on the inside as much as on the outside. War is not a video game. In a oh. real war, you make desperate decisions and deal with desperate consequences. You spill blood and your blood gets spilled. You brush up against death. You change. You're warped until ever being average and ordinary again is an impossible dream. What a good Yikes. <laughs> what would you do if you were given the chance to be different, unique, extraordinary? If someone offered you the ability to morph, would you take it? Would we take it? And if you did take it, how long do you think you would survive? <laughs> oh, no. This is your chance to find out. But I'm warning you. Think about it first. Think deeply. Ask yourself. Can you handle it? Ask <laughs> yourself. Moving on, chapter one. Okay. The new kid. You know the part. Played it half a dozen times. Your first day at a new school. The kids give you curious glances. A few say hi, most don't. A concerned teacher assigns some suck-up to show you around, help you find the cafeteria and the bathrooms. The only kids paying attention to you are the ones you wish would leave you alone. Losers. Oh, no. Two okay. friendly types. The normal ones I are too busy. Friendly people, don't you hate what friendly loser. people? Right? Oh. The normal ones are too busy with their lives to worry about some new kid. What the the assumptions about teenage life, while probably not inaccurate, are quite insulting. Do you know? I feel like this is a very particular you know approach to being a new kid, and it feels a little familiar to something else we've seen in the series. Just saying. It does. Lunch. <laughs> you eat it alone at the corner of some cafeteria table. You can't wait to get out of there, to get off somewhere by yourself and blow off some steam. Presumably by off-road biking. The final bell is salvation. You head out on foot, exploring the oh, new town. Oh, where's our bike? Not so different from the last one. Dunkin' Donuts, Burger King, Walmart, Home Depot, a mall with the usual stuff inside. Mrs. Fields, The Gap, Express. You don't want to go in there. Don't want to face another crowd of strange faces. Instead, you dodge traffic and head into an abandoned construction site. Why? Why? <laughs> on Why? one end, a highway. Bands of trees on either side. On the far end, a broad field. A deserted place. A ghost town. A great place to be alone. You kick around for ten minutes, exploring. Checking out the big piles of rusted steel beams. Pyramids of concrete pipes. Deep pits filled with black, muddy water. A pile of gravel. Who wouldn't Rocks the size of a Reese's cup. What? You pick one up and let fly. Thwonk! The rock hits the concrete block with a satisfying noise. After a couple dozen throws, your aim even starts to improve. Thwonk, thwonk, thwonk. You land three rocks in a row, right on the same spot in the concrete. When the third hits, the concrete crumbles. <gasps> Weird. That stuff is usually pretty strong. Whatever. Time to head home. Wait, wait, wait. Gray, which of the objects potentially in the construction site do you think we're going to find? The Escafil device. Okay, I kind of hope it's the time matrix, but you know, either way. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> Time to head home. Dinner with mom and dad. Homework. Then the same grinds tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow someone will talk to you. I like how you went from only losers are talking to me to nobody talks to me. I assume when when, when you say you someone, someone normal. you mean like someone who is not a loser and therefore not friendly. You're heading out of the lot when you see it. A small box nestled down inside the concrete block that fell apart. Sky blue. Very plain. Small. Maybe five inches to each side. Something about it draws you closer. Queen of predictions. You glance over <laughs> your shoulder before you yank it out of the block. The box feels heavy for its size. You feel something when you pick it up. Something like an electric charge. Only it's not painful. 
You hold the thing up to the fading light. There's writing on it. Not English or any language you recognize. Maybe it's Greek or Egyptian. You slip the box into your book bag. The thing looks valuable. You wonder how much you can get for it on the internet. As soon as you get home, before dinner even, you post a few messages. The blue box is available to the highest bidder. How come we didn't get to make that choice? Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, are we David? Apparently, yes. Chapter two. Yes. We're David. Day I two. don't want to be David. No one wants to be David. I guess you wants to be David. You doesn't want to oh. be David either. Day two with the new school. Some guy named Marco insists on eating lunch with you. I'm very upset about this. Is he a loser or is he not a loser? Not much better than eating alone. Uh, you can't wait to get home. That morning there was already an answer to the for sale notices you posted on the internet. A guy says he wants to see the box. Says he'll pay good money. You wrote him an email. Set wait, the wait, timer on the computer. Capital E. Okay, great. Just checking. Set the timer on the computer so that he'd get your address right before you got home. Last period. You rush out of the building. Get home early and do your business. One problem. You're in the door about two seconds when you know something is wrong. Your dad is home early. You can hear him talking to someone upstairs. And it doesn't sound good. You take the stairs two at a time. Bound into your room. Your dad is standing feet wide pointing his service revolver at something. Something about the size of a retriever with eight stumpy legs, blue and tan fur, a scorpion tail, and two arms. The thing is alive. Yes, yeah, growing and changing right before your eyes. Oh, it, it's mind working. Yeah. I thought okay. it was. I Whoa. thought that was the size of a retriever. <laughs> that would be new perspective on Andalites. Mind blown. Some kind of alien. Your father explains. An alien? No way. Yes, way. You freeze, amazed. The voice is coming from inside your head. Do you think that means the kid's name is Way? What's even weirder, it sounds vaguely familiar. So an alien no way is set, like, speaking in the third person. It'd be like me saying, an alien, no, Ted. <laughs> um, listen to me, the voice continues. Things are about to get really ugly around here. The two of you need to hide. Hide? Why do we have to hide, you demand? Because the alternative is to be dead. Ding dong, the doorbell is ringing. Your father doesn't flinch. He's military trained. He still has the gun on the, the thing. It has stopped growing and changing. Now it resembles a blue and tan deer with a wicked scorpion tail. That tail is definitely a weapon. Idiotically, you're wondering if the door is for you. <laughs> Could be the buyer for the blue box. Then, blam, blam, your father is shooting. At what? Flap. The alien swings his tail. The gun goes flying. So does one of your father's fingers. Hey, oh, man. you cry. How come we haven't gotten to make any choices here? Ah, your father yells. Crunch. Downstairs, the door explodes in splinters. There is a severe house-shaking pounding as many large feet run up the stairs. Your knees are rubber. Your bowels jelly. You and your father stare as two creatures leap into the room. They have feet like a T-Rex, necks like snakes, large bird-like beaks, three dagger-like horns protruding out of their foreheads, bent back legs and very long arms, a curved horn blade on each wrist and elbow, more blades poking out of knees and off the ends of tails. They remind you of the monsters from where the wild things are. Oh, hey. We've never uh, that comparison. What are they? I told you to hide, says the voice in your head. The wild things are joined by another blue deer <laughs> alien. Something about him sends a chill up your spine. Somehow you know he is dangerous. Get out of here, you yell. Get out of here, the blue deer alien says. Why, you've hurt my feelings. I just received your primitive transmission and I rushed right over. You, you, you want to b b buy the blue box? You stammer. Oh, yes, definitely, the alien says. I do, I do, and I'm willing to pay anything. Let's see, what could I offer you for the box? I know, 
he whips his tail and presses the blade against your father's throat. I'll pay you your father's life. Oh no. My choice is to go Chapter back three, Chapter three. No choices. and listen to Marco and Axe when they said to hide. Yeah. You are not getting the box, says the other Blue Deer alien. You're confused. You just assumed all of the Blue Deer aliens were working together. Fair then enough. this human will be separated from his head. I understand that's usually fatal in humans. Sudden movement. Your father jerks his head back away from the alien's tail blade. You run straight at the alien, yelling, let him go. Flap, flap. The two deer aliens are fighting with their tails. The wild things move forward. Blades flash. Your posters fly, your curtains tear, your books scatter. Blam, blam, blam. Your father is in the corner, firing his gun with his left hand. He usually can't even hold a fork in that hand. But three circles appear in a wild thing's chest. Down he goes. Then, a throaty roar. You turn to look. An enormous grizzly bear is coming through your bedroom door. And behind the bear is a huge orange and black tiger. You're crying and laughing all at once. This is insane. You wonder if you're going nuts. Suddenly you gag. Heave, you're going to be sick. Maybe it's fear, but you're definitely freaking out. Yeah. You turn your back on the wild, insane violence and run for the toilet. You're just kneeling down on the tile when, crash, one of the wild things comes up through the wall like a load of bricks. He leaps up, shakes himself off, and hops through the wall to rejoin the fight. Forget throwing up. Time to listen to the voice in your head and hide. You climb into the bathroom and cower. The wall between the bathroom and bedroom is reduced to smashed two-by-fours and torn sheetrock. You can see glimpses of the battle raging in your bedroom. Your father crawls in. He wedges himself between the tub and the toilet. He follows the action in the next room, wildly pointing his gun here, there. One of the deer aliens begins to change. His skin and fur turn purple. His shoulders bulk out. Two legs shrivel and disappear. The others grow bigger and stronger. Four arms sprout, two from each shoulder. The arms are wrinkly down in the place where the hands should be. And instead of hands, there are bony red points. Froof. The wrinkled skin at the bottom of the arm zooms right out like a rocket. The cone hits the remaining deer alien and knocks him to his knees. Instantly, the cone hand retracts and wrinkles up, ready to fire again. Now, let's make this simple, comes a commanding voice in your head. I want the blue box. I will have the box. All of you will die. Oh, no. Wait. I, there's only one of me. Every part of You scramble to your feet. Yeah. The box is in your backpack. Fine, you shout. I'll give you the box. Just leave us alone. No, another voice in your head. You have no idea where the voice is coming from, but you know this message is meant for you. Listen to me, the new voice says urgently. I'm on your side. We can get you out of here alive. But whatever you do, don't give up that box. What do you what? do? If you turn over the box, go to chapter four. If you refuse, Ooh, go to chapter should, five. Should we see what people want us to do? Yeah, sure. <laughs> people are impressed by the yes. wild things comparison, and by impressed, I mean confused. They also are really enjoying Bridget's commentary. Yeah. Choice that isn't just what to acquire morph. That is a good point. Turn over the box. Catherine, what? I mean, that reaction tells me that we already know what choice we're going to make. Why are we asking these people? Play it safe. Also, literally everybody wants us to hand it over. Wants us to hand over the box? Why? <laughs> Let's see what happens. Uh, they say that he's going to kill us if we don't turn it over. That's probably true. I mean, but... he's probably going to kill us even if we do, so. Yeah. I... Do you not want us to hand it over? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> Bridget is very opposed to us handing over the box. I think she wants the box. What? 
Are you Cat wants the box. The worst? This is totally what Fizzer 3 would morph to invade our live stream. He would Fizzer love cats. cats. It's true. Wait, okay. Don't All turn right. it over. Turn it sideways. Thank you, Moon Kent. <laughs> um, Throw it out the window. You guys have to make a, a choice. You, if you disagree, right. you could go different ways. Oh, but... man. I, I just, I can't give the box to Fizzer 3, obviously. No. All right, fine. Yeah. What do you think? Trust the animals. Not going to turn it over? I think we should turn it over and see what happens. Okay. But... All right. We can, we can go different ways. My, my different thought ways. is. If we turn it over, it's going to be one of those, oh, you died. Go back and try it again. I feel like if we don't turn it over, it might also be that. But let's, yeah. If you want to turn over the box, we can do your way first. I still think we shouldn't turn over the box. Okay, I'm going with all of our uh, live stream guests. <laughs> and the cat, all of him want us to turn it over to Visser 3. The cat is Visser 3, so obviously on their side. All right. Okay. Turn it over. Decision made. You can read this since it was oh, Grace's choice. Okay, all right. <laughs> Sorry, Jenny. <laughs> You ignore the pleading voice in your head. You whip the blue box out of your backpack. Here, you say, trying to be brave. Take it. Get it! The commanding voice booms. One of the wild things yanks the box out of your hand. Now leave, you shout. Ha ha ha! These humans are such charming fools. Bring them as well. Yeah, yeah. Another wild thing grabs you, practically yanking your arm out of the socket. Roughly pulls you toward the door. You make yourself heavy. Try to resist. But the wild thing just picks you up like a sack of flour. It's like trying to fight with a polar bear. It is Except not, as you will explain Polar later. bears would be more tired because it's too warm. They would be overheating. So, Good yeah. point. We learned. No! Let me go or I'll kill you! <laughs> it's your father. He's being dragged down the stairs behind you. A wild thing on each side, picking him up under the arms. Through the living room and out into the kitchen. Out the back door and straight into the back of a moving van. The wild things toss you down in the back of the van. Your father lands next to you, then screaming outside. Your mother! When oh, did no. she get home? She's crying and begging to be set free. A wild thing drags her inside, tosses her down next to your father. She looks wild, terrified. What's happening? We've all lost our minds, your father answers. What happened to your hands? Oh, right, because his finger got cut off. Yeah. Your mother starts to wrap your father's wound with a piece of cloth she ripped from the bottom of her blouse. Very How do people rip classic, cloth yeah. off their clothing? It's actually really hard to do. Anyway. Yeah, good question. You feel the van's motor roar to life. You're moving. Where are you taking us, you demand. The wild things don't respond. You twist around. A human is driving the van. You sure. can see him through a small glass partition. You bang on the glass. Help us! Help us! The driver doesn't turn around, but you can hear him laughing. Minutes later, you stop at a warehouse. The wild things roughly drag you inside. You struggle, but you can't break free. Oh my gosh, I just saw what happens in the next page. I totally made the right choice. Okay. <laughs> Your mother and father are right behind you, coming quietly now. The warehouse is empty, except for a few old cars. In the center, you hear noises. Oh, now we're going to get eaten by the tax on that's not what's going to happen. A deep, sloshing, swooshing sound. Screams, terrified cries, shouts. Oh. The wild things drag you down and down until you must be ten stories underground. A strange smell tickles your nose. It's almost like dust or lightning. What does a year pool smell like? You emerge in an immense cavern <laughs> in the very the center... Pool? Yeah. Well, they were going into a basement. The taxons <laughs> live in the floor. It made sense in my head. Go on. This is not going well. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that this is no, is worse than getting turned into a rat on an island. 
Okay, well, that wasn't our other choice. We'll see. How do okay. you know? Presumably, this isn't the only choice we make in the book. Uh, <laughs> in the very center is a pool, like a small lake. The water inside moves like mercury. The surface of the liquid ripples and splashes. Something is under the water. It's Barracudas, your father says. You laugh. What is this? A movie set? Your yeah. guard stops at the end of a low steel pier stretched out over the water. Your parents' guards head off to the right. Your mother is sobbing. Your father is struggling and cursing. Don't worry, your mother shouts. We're going to get you out of this, your father shouts. Hey, where are you yeah. taking them, you holler? Stop, that. Stop. you can't do that, Mr. Three Cat. You're crying too. Now you notice the cages lining the edge of the pool. The cages are full of people, men and women and children. They seem hopeless, beaten down. Most of them are just staring off into space. One of the guards opens a door and roughly shoves your parents in with the others. Mom! Dad! You holler. Now the guard is dragging you down the pier. You kick and scream. You have no idea what's going to happen, but you know it's probably not good. Yeah. At the end of the pier, the wild thing pushes you down. It twists your head, forces your ear under the molten liquid. Then you feel it. Something tickling your ear. Something pushing and probing into your ear canal. No! You yell. Out of the corner of your Gross. eye, you can see it. Something gray and slimy. Oh, I don't want to see it. No. Like the world's biggest slug. And it's crawling out of the sludge and into your ear. It's still better than getting trapped as a rat on an island. <laughs> I have no regrets. The pain is incredible, Gray. <laughs> Worse than anything you've ever imagined. Even getting trapped as a rat on an island. Weird that it it's says that. It right there. That's what a weird so out of context weird. thing. So weird. <laughs> the wild things haul you to your feet and let go. You want to run, to flee, to help your parents. You're even willing to run to an island and turn into a rat. But you can't move your legs. Can't control your eyes. What is happening, you wonder? To your surprise, someone answers. You are my host now. Suddenly, without wanting to... You are walking calmly down the pier. You want to see what's happening to your parents, but your eyes won't move in the direction of the cages. Forget them, says the voice. This is in just your a head. lot of detail for no, you got infested. Go never, you yell. Then who are you? Don't you know? I'm the yerk in your head. I've settled down into the crevices of your brain. I <laughs> control your body now. How, you demand. The voice in your head laughs. You tried to bargain with Visser Three. What a fool! You're a slave now, a slave forever, and your parents will share the same fate. Ha ha ha! Ha 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 ha! What were you thinking? Go back to page eleven and try again. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> All right, well. I'm still saying. Also, um, two of my favorite comments so far. I would like a little yerk as a treat. Hilarious! Excellent name <laughs> reference. Nicely done. Uh, oh, fantastic. And then there's some conversation about how large the yerks are that you can see them as you enter your ear. And I was also wondering that. Joyce reminded us that in book one, Jake thought they were rat-sized, which I am horrified Ooh. by. I do not remember that. And That's, I hate it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so not to make this a competition, but I think the death count is gray one or bad ending count one, Jenny uh -huh, uh -huh. zero. I, yeah. um, I'm still fine with our decision. Good job, everybody in the comments. We'll pick up with chapter five. Okay. No, you say defiantly. The box is mine. But it's too late. The terrible purple nightmare monster, the wild things, the deer alien, the bear, 
the tiger are all focusing on you. You back against the tile wall, getting as far away from them as possible. The grizzly moves first. It bellows, lowers its head, lands on all fours, and runs straight at you, like a runaway train. Behind the grizzly, like heat-seeking missiles, come two massive cone hands. They're heading straight for you. You close your eyes. My decision's going great so far. But you can't close your ears. <laughs> Whump! Wham! Crunch! You open your eyes. The cone hands missed. Yes. Then, womp, a mountain of bears sweeps you up and shoves you through the shattered plaster and glass. For one stunned second, you are flying. You can see the evening sky, a tree branch. You windmill your arms, then, wham, the air explodes from your lungs as you hit the ground. Your spine crunches, teeth slam together. You fall backward and your head hits the ground. Whomp, blackness. Ooh. You, so I got concussed. You got infested. I got concussed. Okay. You right. wake up amidst the smells of hay, medicine, and animal poop. You're surrounded. Five kids standing around you in a circle. Solemn, tired-looking kids. One of them looks familiar. You're Marco, <laughs> you say with a little laugh. We had lunch together today. Marco nods and gives you a little wave. The others introduce themselves. Jake, Cassie, Rachel, Axe. They explain about the Yerks, about the invasion. What you learn Tobias? some vocabulary. The wild things are called Hork-Bajir. The deer aliens are Andalites. What about my mom and dad, you ask? Marco walks over and stands right in front of you. Your parents have been taken to a secret underground facility called a Yerk pool. Picture a sludgy cesspool of a pond the color of molten lead. Hork-Bajir warriors will drag your parents out to the end of a pier. They will, Marco! Shut up, Marco! Cassie says angrily. They will drag them out to the end of that pier, and they will kick their legs out from under them and force their heads down into the sludge. Seriously. You stare as Marco drones on. His words stab you in the gut. You don't absorb it all, but you understand your parents are slaves. Slaves of the saddest sort. An intense anger hits you. A desire to strike back. To send these yerks back to wherever they came from. You want to save your parents. You have to. It's too late to help your parents, Jake says quietly. And as of now, you have no home and you can't go back to school. You do and the Yerks will find you. And it'll be you taking that long walk down the steel pier. Your mind can't grasp it. You try to argue, to convince yourself it's just a trick. But they prove it to you. Axe, a disturbingly pretty boy, turns into an even more disturbing looking alien. What you now know is an Andalite. I really like how apparently Axe is just so pretty that he's just, everyone finds him really disturbing. Like, he just challenges everyone's sexuality. There is one nice thing about all this, Cassie says. There is a compensation for all the danger and all the fear. Any animal you can touch, you can become a dolphin, a skunk, <laughs> a wolf, an elephant or a grizzly bear, Rachel says. Thank goodness we can be A gorilla, <laughs> a, a shark, Marco says. A tiger, a fly, a cockroach, Jake says. Any animal, any size, but only for two hours at a time. You can never stay in more for more than two hours. Why, you wonder? And then you meet Tobias. He was trapped in his red-tailed hawk moor. Now, he lives his life as a bird of prey. They give you a few hours to think about it. You take a walk in the woods behind Cassie's farm. You try to think, but your mind refuses to track. Your jaw hurts, your back aches. You keep thinking about your parents. Unreal, your whole world shattered, ruined. You feel hopeless as you head back to the barn. The others are waiting for you. I'm ready, you say. Why is this not a choice? Okay. Someone produces Many the box. Things. Your <laughs> box. The box that destroyed your life. They toss it to the alien. 
Press your hand on the square nearest to you, he tells you. You step forward and press your hands down on the cube. It tingles, you say. You may remove your hand now, the alien says. <laughs> you do, thinking that the experiment has failed. You don't feel any different. The others are guarded, but they smile and shake your hand. I want to try it, you say. Cassie leads you into a horse stall. Put your hand on his neck, she tells you. The horse turns and gives you a surprised look. Then he ignores you, going back to eating his hay. His fur feels rough and warm. Focus your mind, Cassie says. See a horse in your imagination, what he represents. You close your eyes, concentrate. Now take your hand away, Cassie says softly. You have the horse inside you. His DNA is in your blood. You can become him. Try it. This is ridiculous, you think. But you have to be sure. You close your eyes. Imagine the horse. Nothing happens. All you feel is a little itching, a distinct sensation in your legs. <laughs> your eyes jolt open. The horse is panicking, rearing up, nickering just a foot away. When you look down, you understand why. Your chest, your hands are covered with sleek brown fur. You can see your hair flowing around your waist, but it doesn't look like your hair. It looks like a horse's mane. Ah, you scream. <laughs> Watch out, <laughs> Rachel says. <laughs> she pulls you out of the stall, away from the panicked horse. You stumble back blindly, mesmerized by the sight of your feet exploding out of your shoes, growing, rounding, turning into hooves. Your body is getting longer, heavier. Lump. You fall forward onto all fours. The horse's mind creeps in. It's nervous, frightened, but not as frightened as your own true mind. Cassie leads you out into the pasture. It's gray, raining, but the fresh air quiets the horse's mind. Without thinking, you begin to run. Amazing! You feel strength flowing through your legs, your back, more power than you have ever known. You run until your coat is sleek with sweat and rain, until your slender legs tremble with exhaustion. Your anger over your parents gives you an intense adrenaline rush. That's enough, Cassie yells. Don't let the morph control you. You can't forget your two-hour limit. Suddenly you have a new fear. How will you ever undo these changes? Will you ever be human again? No. You walk back into the barn and focus on your own body. You almost cry with relief when the changes begin. The others are waiting, watching you curiously. How was it? Rachel asks. Fun, you admit. Cassie smiles at you. Morphing isn't a game, Jake says darkly. <laughs> no, you agree. It's a weapon. And I'm ready to fight the Yerks. Yeah, okay. let's fight the Wait, Yerks. A couple things. Okay. We did not get to choose a morph. No. In that chapter. I repeat that this is one of the dumber decisions the Animorphs have made. Mm -hmm. And recruiting also you. recruiting you yeah. in general. And yeah. David in particular. Uh -huh. And also, we had to concentrate on the morph to acquire it and to make the change. The Hidden is a completely nonsense <laughs> book. And I'm still mad about it. Okay, well, that's true. Every time they morph. <laughs> I know, except I really want for in the hidden. When Alternative Morphs three, where you start as a buffalo and then yes. gain the ability to morph. Okay, <laughs> you ready for chapter six? This is where it's going to get interesting. Oh, okay. okay, well, good. Sure. The pleasure fades out of Cassie's face. A weapon. Yeah, I guess that's what morphing is for us. Aww. A weapon we can share now that we have the blue box. Jake points out. You feel their attention slip, shift, and lock on to this new topic. They debate using the blue box to make an army of animorphs. Well, come on, no. You try to follow, but it's like when your parents talk politics or discuss the stock market. You don't really know enough to have an opinion, and nobody asks what you think. Aww. Jake, Rachel, Marco, and Cassie do most of the talking. Axe offers an occasional opinion. Tobias is mostly silent. He's in his red-tailed hawk form up in the rafters. Even though he doesn't say much, you somehow never forget he's there. Good, he's the best one. You feel left out. 
The six of them, they're obviously a tight group. You suddenly hope the others use the blue box again and again. Then you won't be the only outsider. The rain is plinking on the barn roof, and the animals are rattling in their cages, and Tobias is preening, and Rachel's voice is rising, and she argues a point, and Marco is rolling his eyes at her when it all stops. What? All of it. Every sound. What? Silence. The rain. Silence. The animorphs in their debating poses. Frozen. The barn full of animals. Stopped dead. Oh, Frozen. No. Still. Motionless. Everything and everyone. It's the F and LMS, isn't it? Except for you. <laughs> you look up at Tobias. He has one talon off the rafter. Wings half open for stability. Frozen in an impossible pose. Slowly, cautiously, you move to the door. Raindrops hover in the air. You're frightened. Amazed. It's as if the whole world were a video and someone hit the pause button. You feel small and powerless and terribly alone. Somehow forgotten. You have an overwhelming desire to stand still, to blend in with the frozen world. A raccoon stands up on its hind legs. You jump about two feet, especially when the raccoon walks through its wire cage, simply passes through the bars like their air. The raccoon lumbers up to you and puts one black and white paw on your knee. Are you an alien, you ask? In a manner of speaking. Did you stop everything? Yes. How? From your perspective, I am an all-powerful being. Can I do, you're in a raccoon. Why? You're an all-powerful Human perspective, Why? however, is extremely limited. You stop the See, rain. You can't understand the value of the raccoon, right? Yes. You relax a hair. Almost. This, this element, whatever that is, doesn't seem to mean you any harm. Why, you ask? Because you've angered me. What? Why? I Five minutes, calm down. You feel a chill crawl through your body as the sunlight blinks Aren't out. Are you happy that we made the Elemis mad? I mean, yes, but like how? Unclear. It's been a hot second. What did I do? You are in total darkness. I hate that guy. Floating in a featureless void. No up, no down, and the Elmus voice comes from everywhere at once, and from nowhere. Uh, I'm sorry, you stutter. What did I do? You have altered the strands of space-time. But I don't even know what space-time is, you protest. Then, you see it. It blinks on like a ride in a carnival. Threads, hundreds, thousands of them in all the brilliant colors of the spectrum, running in every direction around you. Threads streaking off into the distance, curling back inside themselves, disappearing, reappearing, twisting, raveling, and braiding. A chaos of complication. What? 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 And they are changing all of the time, moving growing brighter or dimmer. You can't make sense of it. No matter, it is beautiful. Is something bad going to happen because of me, you ask? That depends. <laughs> depends? Depends on what? Your worth. You will take a test what? to measure your what? worth. What kind of test, you ask, trying to sound strong. Do well, and I will save your family from the Yerks. Do poorly, and you will die. What kind of test, you ask again? The threads disappear. <laughs> the darkness disappears. Now you are floating in a plain white void. Choose. You look down. In your hand is a remote control with two round buttons. One is marked A. The other is marked B. 
If you push button A, go to chapter seven. If you push button B, go to chapter what? 18. Okay. You okay. may not make the same choice. No, wait. Oh. <laughs> okay, I like that. But also, hold on. Just yeah, hold no, on. This is bogus. No. Yeah. Okay. The Elemist has shown up in a raccoon Obviously. for question yes. reasons. No, that part makes perfect sense. Yeah. And has told David slash you slash, what are we calling him now, you guys? Yuvid? Let's go Yuvid. You um, did. The you cast did. was trying to Great. decide whether the, uh, our chat it's was David trying to decide you. whether it was David or you or a combination. Okay. They thought with Yuvid. Um, whether Yuvid is has he has ruined space time somehow. Yuvid has, and so the Elemist is now giving Yuvid a choice that will fix that question mark. It sounds like the Elemist is giving you a test. Okay. Yes. To is, prove your worth, and then yeah. then the Elemist will fix things because he has the power to fix things. He just won't unless you pass his test. I hate the Elemist so much. Is this the test, like the one book I'm about to read? I don't think it's connected. Okay. Just that no, it's another question. Not. Yeah. And also, how have we gone this long without a choice? Oh, This is a choice. It's a great choice. A completely arbitrary one. Okay, here's my objection. What the heck? People alter the strands of space-time all the time. That's what being alive is. What did okay. Yuvid do? Clearly, yes. Is it because we made one choice and then turned back to page 11 and made a different choice? Is that what made these chapters? Surely up? not. <laughs> you know, surely this is a deep and well-justified mystery that will be explained by the end of I'm, our time today. Yes, I also am confident in that. Thank goodness. Okay, paper, scissors, rock. So, for who no, no, no. I want A. Oh, great, B. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know anything All right, about the we've decided. So, <laughs> okay. let's start with you. Okay. Since you picked number A. Um, what is the number I picked? And I think that we can now alternate chapters reading. Okay. I, I will say, you have now parted ways forever. <gasps> oh, so we get two different oh, well, stories. Is this, is this the real social This distancing? is the real social distancing. Okay. All right. So, That's why we're on different So we can read couch. Jenny's story. And I think that if, if, if by some chance you die, then we'll switch over to the other person. Okay. We have chosen button A for Jenny. <clears throat> the white void is gone. You're surrounded by color. Primary colors everywhere. Red, blue, yellow, wherever you are, the place seems to have been built out of brilliantly colored blocks like Legos. Hey, it's the thing in the Iscor planet. Am I on the Iscor planet? Oh, no. <laughs> You've chosen book 26. <laughs> oh, no. This means I'm going to have to figure out how to have the Iscor talk. Okay. Coming straight at you is a gaggle of aliens. Ugly aliens. Heads thrust forward on long necks. Triangular faces with a point toward the top. Pink eyes stuck on short stalks. Gaping mouths with fat blue tongues and tiny blue-tinged teeth inside. Eight, ten of them. Okay, all thoughts speaking at once. <clears throat> Humans, sell me your memories! That sounds like a drone. Thank you. Come visit my nightmare theater! <laughs> the next protrude from shoulders like flat serving bladders. Two arms drop from the shoulders. Each one is jointed three times, ending in a grasping hand made of three claw-like fingers. The alien's knees hinge the wrong way. The bottom part of their legs Judging. lay flat against the ground, extending forward. The feet are naked and have one long toe and two short ones. The grossest part is their midsection. It's an accordion made of veined pink flesh. It moves up and down, wheezing and whining as the aliens yeah, beg. Your eyes will fetch top dollar in the best yeah. boutiques, especially if they are still attached to your head. Your nose hairs are too long. I will braid them for you. Thank wow. you. You shrink back in horror. That's when you realize you're a dizzying distance in the air, inches from the end of a platform miles from the ground, a platform with no railing. Fall, and it would take a couple of hours to land. 
suddenly you feel dizzy. Watch it! Axe uses his tail to pull you away from the edge. Back off, Jake says to the aliens. He roughly pushes one that comes too close. Escort, Cassie says. She sounds puzzled. You're relieved to see all the Animorphs are with you. So they've already been here, I'm gathering. I guess. Anyway, go on. they have. Also relieved they seem to know where you are. What are we doing here? Tobias demands. Don't you remember, Marco asks? We joined the frequent fighter plan last time. Marco, shut up. (laughs) One thing we are not doing is selling my hair, Rachel says firmly. It took me weeks to get a decent ponytail after my last escort trim. I assume the Elemis transported us here, someone says. You realize you've never met the kid who's talking. He has brown hair, just a little over his ears. Can I retroactively sell Ted's hair? (laughs) I don't know, Ted. Can she retroactively sell your hair? It's probably not one of my choices. Go on. Not yet. Uh, Hi, you say. Hi, I'm Eric King. Something tells me this is not a vacation, Jake says. You are correct. You clear your throat. Turns out the Elemist was a little annoyed we made another Animorph, you explain. That's what he was annoyed about? Man, this guy. Okay. You will fight the Howlers again. This time, it will be eight against seven. Wait, 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 wait. So in this world, they've already been to the Iscord yeah. planet, but they haven't made a David. So they skipped over 20 through 22, but they have done 26. Apparently. Okay, oh. okay, great. <clears throat> you will have an extra ally, for better or for worse. Why do I get the well, idea no he knows something we don't, Marco asks. Rachel shrugs. We won last time. How hard will it be to beat them again? I will erase your memory of this place. No. You will begin the test again. That is so not fair, Marco says. Good point. Yeah. What's not fair, Jake asks? Huh? Marco asks. What are you talking about? I, I don't know. And to the newest Animorph, choose your morse. I will provide you with those you do not have. Andalite, Shark, and Komodo Dragon. <gasps> Komodo Dragon! Finally. Oh, or, wow. predictions. or Fly, Hawk, and Fort Bajir. What is this, McDonald's, Marco asks. Do you want fries with that? Axe's main eyes flicker toward you. Why? Does he dislike the idea of you morphing an Andalite? Your friends cannot help you. Choose. Okay. If you choose Andalite, Shark, and Komodo Dragon, go to chapter 8. That's the most useless group of morphs for the situation I've ever heard. <laughs> if you choose Fly, Hawk, and Hork Bajir. I choose that one. That one? Okay. Yes. Andalites are terrible versus the We've already that. Good. Not in water, and we didn't see any water last time. And I have no idea what a Komodo dragon is going to accomplish. Go fight people and get them. I don't know. Bacteria. Catherine wants you to morph an Andalite, though. Oh, uh, I'll go to no. chapter 11. Okay. <laughs> 11. Yeah, were there, were there other strong opinions? Did I. Uh... Uh, no, the okay. two votes for Andalite, and one person said you made a good choice. Mm-hmm. Choice. No acquiring, only morphing. <laughs> 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 How can you pass up the chance to be? I mean, that's chat? cool, but I want to survive. All right, we're going. With I can one. acquire acts later. It's fine. Okay. Become right. a shark and have Marco throw you. <laughs> Marco right. can't throw oh, things. Should I read the next one? Yeah. Rachel could throw me. You're behind Jake, Cassie, and Marco as their bodies begin to grow muscles, fur, and claws. You can hear Tobias's wings fluttering above you as he gains altitude. Axe and the Howler face off, circling each other for half a turn. Then, whap! Axe slashes out with his tail blade, knocking the Howler in the shoulder, spinning him around on his weird, lazy Susan waist. The Howler uses the momentum to bring up a weapon. A Why Drake is on he beam. howling? He fires. Axe dodges. The shot goes wide. You're confused. Everything is happening yes, so am. fast. You've only morphed <laughs> once, and Wait, you've what? never been in battle before. Oh, you before. morphed the horse, right. What should I morph, you demand? Nobody answers. The Howler aims again, point blank at Axe's head. 
Axe, go left, Eric yells from his place under the steps. Tobias swoops out of the air with his claws forward, aiming for the Howler's sky-blue eyes. The Howler brings up a hand, moves sideways. Hawk, you decide. Six more Howlers, Eric reports, coming up the stairs. Forget the battle more, Jake says. His orange and black tiger fur rapidly begins to fade. His muzzle collapses, and his human mouth reemerges. Go fly! That means everyone. You focus on the fly DNA inside you and begin to shrink. Spiky legs grow out of your chest. Your internal organs melt away to be replaced by simpler insect organs. Your mouth and nose sprout out to become a horrible long proboscis. The bright Legoland is a shattered mirror of images. The fly's compound eyes see you with a thousand tiny, irregular, bewildering TV sets, each tuned to a slightly different channel. The howlers are here, Eric cries. Let's go, Jake yells. You power your fly wings and take off like a jet helicopter. Straight up, you see massive red and black hands reaching for you. One gets close and you hit reverse, zipping back through the clutching fingers. With your compound eyes, the howlers seem to be made of glowing purple and blue with pulsating black veins. The facets in your funhouse mirror eyes break them into pieces. They are everywhere around you as you fly, unmolested, unnoticed. You do a midair flip and zip after the others. Some fight, Rachel says. Yeah, Marco agrees. We showed them who's boss. At least we escaped, you think. I, but, I, why didn't they howl? But, yeah, Chapter also, 12. the ch- I, okay. <laughs> You find an escort guide, a place to hide. That evening you sleep in shifts, two on guard at all times. You're on watch with Eric, staring into the darkness, watchful for any sound that may signal a howler attack. You can relax, Eric says. I will hear the howlers coming long before you will. Why, you ask. I am Chi, Eric tells you, part of an android race created thousands of years ago. My hearing is vastly superior to human hearing. Is that why you served as a lookout today, you ask? No, Eric says. I could not fight. I am programmed to be nonviolent. Who programmed you, you ask? The Pemelites created the Chi, Eric explains. The Pemelites were a peaceful race. Then one day, the Howlers appeared out of Z-Space and decimated them. I will help you defeat the Howlers any way I can. However, I cannot kill or hurt a living being. <laughs> After two hours, Rachel and Tobias relieve you. Eric, being an android, needs no sleep. Then why is anyone else on watch? You curl up on one of the soft beds the escort had made available to you. Try to get some sleep. A smell like oil and mothballs and insecticide, Rachel says. You come awake with a jolt. Howlers, Tobias yells. What to do? The howlers are pumping poison into your hideout. They have learned fast, too fast. Insect morphs are no longer a choice. What morphs do you choose? If you choose Hawk, go to chapter 13. If you choose Pork Cougier, go to chapter 17. Well, last time they survived by turning into birds of prey, so I'm going to go Hawk. Uh, chapter 13. The stench of poison is growing stronger by the second. You're already morphing to hawk, feathers sprouting out of your skin, flesh oozing and shifting like mud sliding down a hill. Oh, You're I forgot to let people weigh in. Did people have strong opinions? No, we're being frustrated about other things. Oh, okay, great. Becoming talents. The others are morphing birds, too. Well, it's good that you just didn't morph <laughs> That would have been really awkward. You could stock an aviary. A bald eagle, a pair of ospreys, a northern harrier, two red-tailed hawks, and a peregrine falcon. Eric, Jake demands, can you project a hologram through another window? A hologram of us? Absolutely. There would be no harm to the howlers, and it might save you. That would be well within my parameters. <laughs> on three, Jake says. One, two, now. He said on three. Since nobody <laughs> said three, the howlers break in and kill everyone. Sorry, Jenny. <laughs> totally Jake's fault. No, um, the far window slides open. Instantly, seven birds fly toward it. 
Dracon beams burn. Plachette guns rattle. The howlers are attacking the hologram. Jake's plan is working. The near window opens. You spread your wings and flap with all your strength. You blow out of the window, flapping like crazy, desperate for every foot of distance. The others instantly pull ahead. But you've never been a bird before. You're overwhelmed by your freedom to move in three dimensions, by the eyesight that makes each puffy orange escort tree a composition of a thousand details. Sew! Ah! You yell. A pain, like a red-hot poker, driven into your wing. You've been hit! Oh no! Down, 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 Jake yells. You're still flying. Okay, the Dracon Blast wasn't bad. It's not over yet. The others are diving, down into the maze of trees and bushes and flowers. Am I not diving? Come on. You follow. Okay, good. Blazing along the lane, inches above the heads of a squirt, out walking in the early light of dawn. <laughs> a line of flechettes tears a tree apart inches ahead of you. The howlers are after you. You turn a sharp left, banking around a line of trees. A howler bursts from the vegetation ahead. Pull up, Tobias yells. Tew, tew. Marco's left wing is gone. Falling like burning embers among the strolling escorts. Marco tumbles out of control, falling like a stone. He hits the ground, disappears from view. Jake dives after him. A howler jumps from an overhanging tree. He aims his beam weapon even as he falls. Tew, tew! Ah! Jake hollers. We have to help Jake and Marco, you yell. You bank a hard right. Tree! You swerve around, straining your wing muscles to the the popping point. (laughs) Straighten up, and then, bonk! You slam head first into a tree. You never now saw it's it coming. Megamorphs one, isn't it? <laughs> you fall to the ground. Knocked silly. Thank you for demonstrating, uh. <laughs> An escort is standing over you, staring down. Call a member of the Embalmers Guild, he calls. <laughs> I'm not dead yet, you reply. Jake is hollering in your head. The Elemist and Cryak have an agreement. They can't kill the escort. Use the escort for cover. Axe behind you. Here comes another one. The others are running for their lives. Your head is starting to clear. You sit up. Flap, flap, flap. Cassie lands next to you. Are you okay? Yeah, I think so, you say. Then let's haul. Cassie takes off. Straight for altitude. You flap once, twice. Why is it a haul on your bingo card? You're high enough to see a howler. He's bouncing toward you, his dead blue eyes focused on you. Cassie, watch out, you scream. Sew! The howler fires. The bald eagle attacks. Rachel, you flap up, turn toward the howler. He brings his Dracon beam up, aims. Tew, tew! Ah! <laughs> Cassie tumbles out of the air. Cassie! Rachel screams. I'm... I'm okay. I'll demorph. Don't worry. The oh, howler Cassie. is closing in on Cassie, weapon drawn. You die. You're gonna die. Rachel dives. You reach out, ready to rake the howler's bald head with your talons. Tew, tew! The howler fires at point-blank range. No! Oh, it, no. Rachel screams. You stare down in horror. Cassie couldn't have survived that blast. Her osprey body is smoking. <gasps> you can smell the acrid odor oh, no. of burning flesh. Oh, no. Suddenly, a group of escort come zipping down the path. They walk over Cassie's body, and it disappears. Hey, you yell. What? Rachel swoops to attack. It's like that one with the disappearing. Easy, easy, Tobias says. It's us. Eric has created a hologram okay. of escort. Axe, Marco, and Tobias are hidden inside. Eric drops the hologram long enough to examine Cassie to see if there is some way he can save her. After a tense moment, the hologram reappears. I'm sorry, Eric says. Cassie is dead. No! No, Rachel says. Her fierce eagle eyes are blank, but you can hear the pain in her (sighs) voice. The others are silent as you rendezvous with Guide, lowercase Guide. (laughs)
as he runs an abandoned factory filled with mysterious, dusty machinery. Eric sets Cassie's Osprey body down on the seat of a strange machine that was like a merry-go-round for tools. I'm sorry. Not the most important thing here, but what are you talking about? Rachel finds a blanket and covers her up. You and Rachel demorph. What happened to Jake, you ask? I saw him go over the edge, Axe says. Oh, man. Is he gone, you ask? No, Tobias says harshly. I'm going to find him. I'll go with you, Rachel says. No, Tobias says again. If the Howlers attack, you'll need maximum firepower here. I'll go alone. Tobias leaves. As soon as he is gone, Rachel turns to you, her eyes shining with grief and worry. Her intensity frightens you. Fair. This is all your fault, (gasps) she says quietly. Rachel, how could you? Marco has also demorphed and watches silently from a few feet away. Rachel, X says, we are all sad. (laughs) Blaming one another will not help. Rachel's eyes are locked onto yours, blazing with anger. Come on, Rachel. It was a battle. My fault? You ask meekly. I I do not ask meekly. You got Cassie killed, she says. You were there too, Rachel. Rachel, Marco tries, but Rachel doesn't back off. She's right up in your face. I want you to promise me something, she says. Uh Uh-oh. What, you ask? That you'll stay out of the way from now on, Rachel says. I don't want you getting anyone else killed. I don't know how much that's going to help, but all right. A choice. Do you promise? If you do go to chapter 14, if you refuse, go to chapter oh, 16. Wait. Okay, Catherine, is this the choice where you have, you're have you really invested? Say no, say no, say no, <laughs> Catherine says. Say no, I don't promise? I assume. Okay, all right. Say no, okay. she, I, three exclamation points. I, I really, I really want to see what it is that Catherine is so invested in. So I will refuse to promise. If you refuse, okay. go to chapter 16. Rachel's going to punch you real fast and then you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, Maybe just... I'm going to punch her. That's probably not going to happen. Uh, someone shakes you awake in the middle of the night. Axe. Gas, he says in thought speak. Use your fly morph. We have to get out. You're groggy, confused. The room is black. A darkness so deep it is featureless. You hear someone pounding at the door. The others rushing around. You morph. You can't see the ground rushing up. Your nose stretching out or the fly's weird compound vision blink on. But you are more aware of the changes going on inside you. You're not in pain. But you can hear the slooshing, slurping changes. Then, a rush of air, not much, but clear to your fly senses. Something clamps down on you. You power up your wings, take off. A ceiling, you zoom forward. A wall, you hit reverse. Another wall. (laughs) Your wings hit against the ceilings and walls, making a sound like an insect trapped inside a glass. A glass? You're inside a vessel ten times taller than you and half as wide. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought it was half as wide as you, and I was like, How are you inside it? No, that's not what it meant. Okay. Trapped. Axe, you call? Jake? No answer. Demorph, you think. You focus on your Did own they body. Just trap you? I'm pretty sure you're um, trapped as a fly. Uh, demorph, you think. You focus on your own body and begin to change. Soon you are a strange lump of flesh pressing out against the walls. But the vessel doesn't break. The walls and ceiling press in, crushing you. No, no, no. You morph back to fly. You're beginning to panic. Have the howlers captured you? No, that can't be right. Howlers don't take prisoners. Howlers attack. They're not about stealth. Then um, you remember. Catherine says, ha, 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 all caps. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had a feeling it was going to be really, really, really bad. But, like, I'm sorry, what justified this? Um, what did uh, my character do? You I didn't Cassie. promise to 
stay out of the way? Yeah. That's <laughs> no, the animals are liability. Stay out of the, why am I a liability? Because the Elmas said you screwed up the whole timeline. That's not legit. And the Elmas is punishing also, everyone because why of you. Why is the Elmas, you did not give you the ability to become an Animorph. No, the Why'd other Animorphs did it. And I mean, Cassie, I guess, was in the position she was in because I got hit. But like, like I don't think my character even did anything wrong in the battle. Chat is pointing yeah. out that Rat is better than this. Yes, well, because and... we need to wait to find out what happens to the fly. Okay, Rat is better than this. But also, it seems like the Animorphs all agreed to do this. Yeah. And no, I hadn't tried to kill any of them. I didn't go David on them. No. This is, did they put the blue box back they at the construction the site? <laughs> okay, go go on, go on, Gray. These books are Animorphs being bad to them. Okay, you're a prisoner, but not, oh, uh, okay. Howlers don't take prisoners, Howlers attack. They're not about stealth. Then you remember, Axe's voice. Axe telling you to more fly. You're a prisoner, but not of the Howlers. You're a prisoner of the Animorphs. Why are you doing this, this to me? This is a mirror verse yeah. where the Animorphs are evil. Ooh, that's and David is good. <laughs> I mean, then Rachel's voice. Yeah, you're a risk. We have to get rid of you before you get anyone else killed. It takes two hours for you to become a Nothlet, a person trapped in more. Two hours of horror. You spend it crying, threatening, pleading. You wow. know when the two hours are up because someone lifts the glass and sets you free. You're a Nothlet. And unfortunately, flies only live for two weeks. Go back to page 56 and try again. So... I guess this is what happens if Cassie dies and Rachel goes off the deep end and there's no Cassie to rein her in. And I guess Jake maybe did go over the side. Like Yeah, Jake's not around. Jake's not around. I don't so know. it's Rachel, Marco, Tobias, and Axe. And yeah. Rachel has taken charge and nothleted the new member of the group. Yeah, this is Ooh, darn. The, the group is saying it's because Cassie's not here. Yeah. Or that this is fan fiction written by David. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine says this is the best ending in any Choose Your Own Adventure book ever published. <laughs> wow, I'm I'm really glad we saw that, but like I feel I feel deeply betrayed that these books would have the Animorphs do that. I think this is this is very out of character. This is like, says really the terrible. first ending was actually the good one because the Yorks are the good guys in this book. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Okay, so Gray had the we good made idea. the right decision the first time. All right, so it's so, so I died. So go so back to it's yeah, your turn. Well, do you want to? No, no, no. Now, we'll do now that we're going to read. Yeah. Okay. Now we're we're uh, I don't know pursuing the other path. So unfortunately, okay. your perfect record was tarnished. Now you it's know, one I, to one. I, one I knew to one. I knew what I was doing. I knew <laughs> that following Catherine's lead would uh, result in the most horrifying ending possible. So okay, okay so now we're going to choose button take B. responsibility. Button B, chapter yeah, chapter eighteen. Okay. The white void vanishes. You're in a forest, surrounded by trees and massive shoulder-high ferns. <gasps> dinosaurs! Are we in the dinosaurs? I chose so good. You chose so good. You chose so good. I'm so happy. Wow. Bright, buttery sunlight filters through the leaves. <laughs> you jump. A grunting, snuffling sound is coming from behind you. You hear branches being pushed back. Something moving. Something big. What's that? Cassie asks apprehensively. Axe turns in a slow circle, tailblade ready. I'll check it out, Tobias offers. He flaps up through the trees. Crash, crash. Still behind you, but closer. <laughs> wham, wham. The ground shakes with the impact tremors. Something is coming. Run, Tobias shouts. You don't have to be told twice. Crash, crash, crash. I'm sorry, it's probably more like crash, crash, <laughs> crash. 
earth trembles. You have to fight to stay on your feet to keep moving forward. <laughs> right behind you. You glance back. I'm going to need water for this chapter. What you see almost makes you pee in your pants. You're being chased by, by a reptile, but it's a reptile out of a Godzilla movie. It's half the length of a football field and the size of a small house. Its jagged teeth glimmer wetly. It also has a lot of feathers, probably. <laughs> T-Rex, you mutter in horror. Impossible, crazy, and only a few feet away. Roar! Run! Your heart is hammering against your ribcage. Your skin is covered in cold sweat. You're screaming, crying as you flee. Leaves slap your face. Twigs whip your bare arms. The others are ahead. I have bare arms? How did that yeah. happen? <laughs> well, <laughs> Rachel is uh, in Y space inside oh, your head, and she great. morphed the bare arms. Yeah. You catch glimpses of the others ahead. Okay. Crash. Crash. You push hard. Run all out. The T-Rex is gaining. Maybe a foot away now. Fortunately, it has little arms. Yeah. Crash. 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 A root catches your foot. You're flying, tumbling, then, ah! Hit the ground hard. You can't breathe. Can't move. You're frozen from sheer panic. Good. Down comes the T-Rex's head. Hungry eyes lock on your gut. You can feel the heat of breath on your face. It smells rancid. This is the end. You squeeze your eyes closed. Then, choose your morph. Oh, Cockroach or wolf. Okay. The Elemist. I just don't like him. What are you doing, you yell? Trying to get me killed? You open your eyes, expecting to be safe. Expecting to see the world on pause. Roar! Inches away from your nose, powerful jaws open. It has no concept of social distancing. I, it really doesn't. <laughs> see, T-Rex is definitely going to get coronavirus. You see rows of teeth, a sofa-sized tongue. Scream. Crunch! The T-Rex chomps its jaws a hair's width from your right ear. You grab your ear with both hands, crying, trembling, forgetting not to touch your face. Choose. Uh, definitely cockroach, right? Alright. Do we pick or cockroach wolf? or wolf? Uh, yeah, I've got enough backup for this. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, cockroach. That's a great choice. Alright, go to chapter 19. I can't believe they don't give you page numbers. It's the next one. <laughs> oh, good. You roll. Stumble to your feet. What good is a roach morph? What good is any morph now? T-Rex is going to turn you into dinner before you have a chance to morph. The massive head comes down again. So close you can see the pebbly skin look into one dark, damp nostril. Instinctively, you dodge behind a tree. You focus some small part of your brain on the roach. Imagine the small, easily compactable body. Long to become it. The T-Rex screams with rage. Wham, wham. It's coming around the tree for you. You can't hide. You can't outrun it. You can't morph fast enough. Only one chance. You run straight for the gaping maw. Get splashed by dripping dinosaur saliva. Graze your back on the huge chin. You run through dinosaur legs as big as massive columns under a belly that rises above you, like a low-slung, pebbly gray ceiling. The T-Rex can't reach you, can't get its massive head under its legs. 
It leaps up and spins around, turning almost gracefully, except for the tree it knocks over with its tail. <laughs> As you run, you're starting to shrink. Four feet, three and three quarters, three and a half. Looking down at your feet, Boy, you see your chest. Better. Looking down at your feet, you see your chest cover with an armor plate of brown cockroach shell. Um, grammar, who knows? Okay, it's whatever. disgusting, but at least it means the morph is working. Your fingers melt together. Next time you look, they form a single many-jointed bug leg. Splout! Splout! I'm sorry, splout? Splout! <laughs> Antennae jump out of your forehead as you run out from under the T-Rex's tail. Your body is growing clumsy as your legs start to thin. Three and a quarter feet, three feet, two and three quarters. You hunker down, trying to hide beneath the ferns. Your waist pinches together. The lower part of your body swells to form a bloated insect abdomen. Your skull melts away. Your ears and hearing fade, making the roar of T-Rex sound far away. Which is a good thing, because the T-Rex is close. It is patiently sniffling through the ferns, searching for you with its Buick-sized snout. The roach mind bubbles up at the same time. Extra legs suddenly pop out of your chest. I'm cool, the roach mind seems to say. The roach is happy under the ferns, calm, collected. Then, chomp, it has you. Up, up, up you go. A two-foot roach impaled on an even bigger dinosaur tooth. Fair enough. High into the air. Really thought I could do that faster. Pink, warm. You're in T-Rex's mouth lolling in a pond of spit just under its slab of a tongue. Somehow you manage to keep your concentration, to keep morphing. Now you are a foot long, half a foot. You pop free of the massive tooth. You're ripped practically in two, but somehow you're still alive. T-Rex clamps down, but now you're more roach than human, and the space between the dinosaur's teeth and gums seems like a huge pink cavern. Go toward the light, you think. Now the roach mind is starting to panic. To protest, you fight for control. You crawl right out over the T-Rex's lip and out onto its pebbly skin. The T-Rex gets a massive swing of its huge head. Ah! Down, down, down. You catch a flash of blue, green, brown. Thunk! You land on your back in the mossy soil, wiggling your legs in the air. You stretch, scramble, stretch, scramble, and flip. You're right side up and alive, killing a cockroach is hard. Yeah, it is. As we've learned. Okay. No you, choices, huh? No choices. No. You have your um, your T-Rex? I do. Oh, we have to show the people the T-Rex. Okay. Gray is, is going to get her uh, her OT T-Rex. <laughs> we'll just sit Excellent here with the Andalite, Andalite banded cat. Pretty sure the Stop and Shop is totally sold out of Splout these days. <laughs> Here comes the Tri-Rex. Okay, this is my this is my gift from um, this is the tri- Animorphs Tri-Rex. It's pretty green, is the thing about it. Have you ever <laughs> uh, transformed it? No, I'm worried about it. <laughs> what happens if I break it? Look at how cool this thing is. Wait, wait, wait. It goes like that's the crashing sound, but it was chasing you through the forest. And can you make the hurrarar sound? <laughs> oh, we should have had it for Foley work just now. Oh, man. Okay. You can edit it in later. <laughs> and then show how the tail whips. And the, Oh, yes. And this is the the whipping motion. It goes. <laughs> show them um, Jake's hands inside oh, yeah. the this mouth is of the T-Rex, which the is most, truly horrifying. Like, tr- this whole thing is actually like very scary. If you look inside its mouth, oh, there are Jake's hands. <laughs> <laughs> 
why or are you hands? Like just now, just now, Yuvid is or Yuvid's yeah. hands. There well, are other hands in its stomach. There's just there's a lot of hands going on in this. It's very terrifying. There's half a cockroach in its mouth. Excellent. <laughs> Amazing. It's just I love it, but I'm also very confused by it. Like I don't understand why all of the why the hands are all where they are. Why didn't Yuvid have the choice to morph the T Rex? Because the Alchemist like, is a jerk. Oh, that's true. Obviously. It's just hands everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's find out. Let's find out what okay. happens to you, the cockroach. What happens to the cockroach? You squish yourself down under a nice piece of moss next to a tree root. The roach body makes itself small, stays perfectly still. The T Rex doesn't know you fell out of its mouth, isn't interested anymore. It has found new prey. Watch out, Marco! Coming up behind you! From your hiding place, you can't see what's happening to your friends. You notice their calls and shouts are growing distant. Even the T-Rex's footfalls fade away. You're a bug alone in dino land. Yeah, just that sound getting quieter and quieter. <laughs> now what? Find the others, you think? That means demorphing. Has to. Catching up with them as a roach would take forever. Reluctantly, you concentrate on your own body and feel the changes begin. Antennae dissolve. The roach's exoskeleton softens into human skin. Extra legs wilt and slurp up into your chest. And you grow up and up out of your safe moss hideaway, zooming up to your own true height. A grinding sound as your bones grow back and join together to form a skeleton. A slish slosh as your stomach, kidneys, pancreas, and blood vessels spring back. Wow, that's very specific. specific. You don't get any other organs. No spleens, just the pancreas. No liver. Your heart reappears and immediately begins banging against your ribcage. Let me out. Uh, now you're a human alone in Dino Land. You walk, then trot, then start to run. You guys, wait up, you shout. <laughs> Nobody answers. Following the trail isn't difficult. You can see the snapped saplings and crushed ferns where the T-Rex pushed through the forest. You can follow the dinosaur's talon prints. There's one every five or six feet. You run until your lungs burn and your side aches. You slow to a walk and trudge along. Your bare feet are bloody and bruised. Sounds of the fall terrify you. Twigs snapping, leaves crunching, something scampering through the low vegetation. The light under the tree starts to fade. Sky shades from blue to deeper blue to red, somehow. The trees around you begin to lose their sharpness. Twilight is coming on. Then night. You have maybe 10 minutes of daylight, 20 tops. Do dinosaurs hunt at night? You have no idea. You come out of the woods and into what looks like a big pasture full of tall grass. You see a flickering light off in the distance. You smell something. Smoke. And something else. Meat. You start to run. Jake, Cassie, Marco, Rachel, and Axe fill you in on their adventures while you chew on what turns out to be T-Rex shish kebabs. Where is Tobias? I don't know. Tobias never seems to be here when we list the Animorphs in this book. What the heck, man? Here's the but, deal. But you haven't forgotten him. Yes, Even though no, he's I not haven't. saying anything or doing anything. <laughs> also, You've been in Tobias forever. He is also on the cover of this book. That's true. It's it's the Tobias cover. But I'm so confused. It's because Tobias is secretly Elvis. Okay. Here's the deal. Axe killed the T-Rex seconds before it killed Marco. Cassie figured out how to turn the T-Rex hide into food and shoes. Rachel used a couple of twigs to start a fire. After eating a couple of chunks of meat, you are starting to yawn big time. Let's see it. Ah, oh, exactly uh, like that. Mm. 
The run through the forest, the constant adrenaline rushes are getting to you. Your eyelids are hard, hard to hold up. So is your head. The others are still talking, still discussing the situation. You stretch out on your side next to the fire. You make a pillow out of your hands and close your eyes. Almost immediately, you fade into a dreamless sleep. At first, you're not sure what wakes you up. You stare at the black night, roll over and blink at the blazing fire. Cassie and Axe are on their feet. Rachel is shaking herself awake. Everyone is staring out into the darkness. What is it, you ask, sitting up? Jake's voice. He's running out of the darkness. Everyone, get out of the way, he yells. Stampede! Stampede? Marco demands incredulously. What is this, a cowboy movie? Move, Jake yells. Do you morph Roach, or do you run? Wait, okay, Do I, I don't have anything that flies, do I? You only have two morphs. Horse and cockroach? Yes, and you, your only options are Roach or run. Uh, Roach or run would I be don't a know. Anybody? video game. It's true. Anybody have thoughts about this? Cockroach or run? People are concerned that um, you've never learned how to morph clothes. <laughs> so you've just been <laughs> naked the whole time? Probably, right? Yes. Yes. Well, maybe Cassie's letting you wear some of the uh, T-Rex skin. I mean, the thing about Roach is it seemed it did work the first time, but also it took forever. Yeah, it took you like five minutes to morph that Roach. Um, let's do Roach again. I don't know. Yeah, okay. let's go Roach. All right, chapter 21. This time I'm going to get squished. You can't work twice, right? Morph, 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 you think. You can already hear the dinosaurs coming. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. You try to focus your panicky mind on the cockroach. Antennae sprout violently from your head. The changes are beginning. Faster, you think. A sound like rolling thunder. Like a train bearing down on you. Boom. Boom. You can vaguely make out the herd. Long necks dinosaurs. Big. Huge tails. Taller than elephants. Or giraffes. Yay! <laughs> Heads on the same level as the treetops. Why are they running, you demand? A T-Rex, Tobias yells. <laughs> Heading this way. Boom, oh, boom, Tobias boom. Is there. Boom, boom, boom. The dinos are closing in. Closer, closer. It's hide or get stomped. But you can't hide until you get small. And you aren't getting small. Your body is segmenting. A hard shell forms over your human arms and legs, over your face. But you don't shrink. You're a four-foot-something half-roach, half-human. And here come the big boys. Run, Tobias yells. You try and stumble. Your legs are fusing together, turning into a bloated roach abdomen. The thunder grows louder, surrounds you. A whale-sized dino passes by you, blocking out the moon. <laughs> the herd is all around you. You're trapped. An enormous talon passes right over your head. The dinosaurs are moving around you like water moves around a rock in a stream. All you can do is stand still and tremble. Get small, you tell yourself. You're a dog-sized roach, a cat-sized roach, and then another talon coming down towards your head. Oh, pad. no. Uh-oh. Oops. You're a dead roach. Oh, Bad so choice. You didn't have time to morph. Go back to page 84 and choose again. All right. All right. It's, we're switching it's back. Just the next. Oh, right. We're switching back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, so wait. So Jenny died because she got trapped in the right. black. Right. I'm going to agree to Rachel's stupid demands. Okay. Okay. Since I was just reading, you can pick up. So you're going to promise not to get anyone else killed? Yeah, I promise. No, Jenny promises. I think I was promising to hang back. Right. Stay out of the way from now on. Okay. Okay. Fine, you say. I promise not to take any more chances. Rachel finally backs off, retreats to a corner with her grief. 
Marco and Axe go after her. You can hear the three of them whispering, but you can't hear what they're saying. You sit with your back against a wall and wait for Tobias and Jake to return. Eric sits silently a few yards off. You almost have a sense he's protecting you. You're numb, horrified by Cassie's death, racked with guilt, but unsure what you could have done to prevent it. Accurate. Maybe if you had just ignored that box, never picked it up. Also good. <laughs> tick. 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 Why you said they never turn into ticks? I was just thinking. Terrible. Hours creep by. Then I like that Bridget is just like making out with Elfinger here. <laughs> well, she's Mr. Oh, three. Three. So. Three. Three. Yeah, Mr. Three. Yeah, Mr. Three is obsessed. She's yeah. a love hate thing. Yeah. His beloved nemesis. Yeah. She's being very <laughs> cute. Um. All right. So, uh, flap, flap, flap. You jump to your feet as one. No two birds fly into the factory. Relief rushes over you as the others come running. Prince Jake. Jake. Oh, Jake. Cassie. Cassie is. Jake lands next to where Cassie's small form is laid out. He begins to grow out of his falcon form to reemerge as human. As his human mouth forms, he lets out a scream filled with rage and grief that turns your stomach. Hours pass as Jake sits next to Cassie. The sun is going down when he calls you together. I have a plan, Jake announces. You put it in motion the next morning. Guide leads you to an empty store at the end of a long, narrow street. Axe leaves, goes out for a stroll on the crowded streets, hoping to lure the howlers to you. Tobias, floating high above the narrow streets, reports the scene by thought speak. The howlers are sticking together. Not as cocky as they were, though. They should spot him any second now. Any second now. Do it now, Rachel says to you. You nod slowly, wishing you would never agree to stay out of the way. Now that the plan is underway, now that the others are facing danger, you feel like a coward. Do it, Rachel orders. All right. You start to morph. Down, down, down you shrink. You feel a loose liquid sensation inside as your human organs slide and fuse. Coarse hairs grow on your arms, your legs. Two extra legs explode out of your chest. What are they, blind, Tobias wonders? Axe is getting awfully close. The crowd is blocking their view of him. Too many escort in the way. Oh man, he's too... They see him. Axe man, run, run. Your mouth and nose elongate into a powerful sucking straw. The fly's compound vision blinks in. You can see Rachel again, see her face from a thousand slightly different angles. Only now her angry, accusing human face has turned into the fierce face of a grizzly. Climb aboard, Rachel says. You power the crazy fly wings, zooming up and up and coming to rest behind the bear's upside-down U of an ear. Okay? It's time, Jake says. I have to do this. Rachel, you know what to do. If I, can, if I get out of control, can't control the morph, if I start that howl, you'll have to do it. If Jake lost control of the morph, Rachel would would do what she had to do quickly before Jake could hurt any of us. Okay, so this is just the same it's thing. It's just twenty six. Okay. Yeah, uh, you're lost in a dense thicket of brown fur, clinging with your clingy cl- fly feet. Okay, you can't see, can't affect the outcome of the battle, but you can still hear what's happening. They're on him! Tobias yells, "All six of them, like hounds after a rabbit." Man, that boy can run. Axe man, opening to your right. I feel like back. the message here is the animorphs don't need a new member. They do not. It need really help. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, tense minutes pass. You know Jake is morphing a howler, but you can't see it. Nobody speaks until you can let me go, Jake tells Rachel. Are you sure? Yeah, Jake says. This thing isn't out of control. The killing is a game to the howlers. They're having fun. They're enjoying it. Here they come, Tobias yelled. 30 seconds. Crowd is thing out, X-Man. They're going to have a shot. The sound of flechette guns in the street outside our door, only a dozen feet from us. Ah! Axe cries in pain. He's hit, Tobias yells. Quam! You hear Axe's hooves, pounding that has to be a howler following him. A scuffle. Thumps, bangs, creaks. 
moans, groans, flechette gunfire, can't make out what is happening, then, no, Jake yells, forget them, this way. Staying down, hiding in Rachel's fur is unbearable. <laughs> but it's too late now. <laughs> you can't help. You're powerless in your fly morph, and you have your promise to keep. The flood of sounds and vibrations continues. Some sort of weapon burning for minutes. Slaps, bodies falling, guide whining with fear. Now, Jake yells and thoughts speak. Marco, the memory emitter. Now, he's getting up. What's happening, you wonder desperately? Where is Marco? Why isn't he responding? Ooh, did you have to get involved? Or you did, sorry. Maybe. The plan was to pour all of your collective memories into the howler's head. Your, Your life plus the lives of Jake and Rachel and Marco and Axe and Tobias, even Guide, and the long, long memory of Eric. Once inside the howler's head, the memories would flow into the endless pool of collective howler memory. Suddenly, silence. No battle sounds, no Drake on beam fire. Quiet. What happened? You ask cautiously. They're gone, Eric says. The howlers disappeared. Okay. The canon. No choice. End of chapter. Chapter 15. Escort world vanishes, simply disappears. You are no longer a fly. You are in your own true body, sitting in the back of a convertible limousine. A gentle breeze blows on your face as you're riding through New York City. Confetti floats down from a cloudless blue sky. What? Cheering crowds line the street and shout your name. Who changed the channel? Rachel growls. Elemist, Axe says. Ticker tape parade, Marco says. Does this mean the Yankees won another World Series? You spin around and count your companions. Marco, Axe, Jake, Rachel, Tobias... No Cassie. Uh, Admitting your limitations is not easy. The booming voice easily fills the canyon of skyscrapers. No joke, you grumble. Why is there a ticker tape parade? You have passed the test. (laughs) Thanks. But the cost was high. Your actions took a life. No, they didn't. No. Your actions took a life. No. I will do the same. What? What do you mean, you holler? We had a deal. If I won, you would save my parents. Won. That wasn't the deal. You must choose. Oh, come on! But that's impossible. I hate the Elemist. How can you choose? Choosing to let one of your parents live means choosing to let the other die. Would your father wish to live with the knowledge that your mother was infested? Also, you're going to have to live with that. Would your mother wish to live with the knowledge your father was a slave? The rest of the Animorphs are watching you. Rachel angry, Axe resigned, <sighs> Marco okay. volatile, Tobias's Hawkeyes fierce, impossible to read, and Jake, Jake imploring, haunted. You know what you have to do. What imploring? How so? Punch the Elmas. Punch the Elmas. You know what you're going to choose? Punch the Elmas. Am I just choosing between my parents? I'm not going to tell you. But you're not going to tell me the choice? There is no choice. I'm just, you was about to make a choice. I'm wondering what Jenny thinks he was going to say. Oh, so there isn't actually a, like, choose A for your mom to live and choose B. Okay. Whoa. I'm surprised. This book, I hate the elements. I hate everything. This is not a test. I'm giving you a choice now. I hate it so much. (laughs) Are you the elements? It's a fill in the blank. I choose blank. I think that Ubid is going to give up themselves. Okay. And for both parents to live. Oh, good call. Yeah, That's a good yeah. call. However, instead, Elvis. you choose Cassie. I don't think that was a choice. I choose Cassie, you say, and she <laughs> suddenly appears, sitting between Jake and Rachel, smiling. Hey, she says, I love ticker tape parades. What the f***? 
nice choice. <laughs> Very nice choice. That that's the end. I didn't make that choice. What? It, it just... That's is that the end of the, the That's it. Oh, okay. Alright. Well I only died once. That was pretty good. I hate everything. I hate it all. I hate everything about it. Throw it yeah, out. The whole yeah, thing. That no. I also am so skeptical that Yuvid would choose Cassie, who he's just met. Over both of you. I mean, parents. it's a better choice because you would it's feel like yeah. how incredibly guilty would you feel? But like, this is the dumbest shit I have ever heard. I hate it all. <laughs> I hate the Elemist in particular. Punch the Elemist. Please yes. cannot be one of my choices at some point in this book. Agreed. That sounds great. Okay, okay. So wait, I died because I didn't morph cockroach fast. Right. Time. Chapter two. Boom. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Jake is right in front of you, axe in front of him. The others are behind you somewhere. I'm glad my legs aren't as short as Marco's, you think. Rude. You can hear the dinosaurs closing in. Boom! 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 A sound like rolling thunder, like a train bearing down on you! <laughs> Good enough! Okay. <laughs> Here and there, you catch a fleeting glimpse of the herd. Long necks, huge tails. Big and heavy enough to smash you like a steamroller. Your leg muscles burn. Your lungs ache. But you push yourself harder, fueled by fear. A T-Rex, Tobias yells, heading this way. Boom, 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 boom. Closer, closer. The thunder grows louder. Surrounds you. The herd is all around you. You try to run with it. But the long-necked dinosaurs are faster, oddly. And they're also fueled by panic. Sure. Wham! The ground bounces, stumbling you to your knees. Scree! A long-necked dinosaur squeals in panic. Sorry, Brenda. Sorry. Uh, a shadow that blots out the moon and stars. Trembling, you turn and look. Then, chomp! Ah! You scream. Oh, no. Darkness. Hot breath. A slimy, rough surface beneath you. A tongue! You're in T-Rex's mouth. Not the T-Rexes, just T-Rexes. I assume that's its name. Did we, like, literally just do this? Yeah, I, I, I'm wondering if all of your uh, choices result in death. I don't know. We'll see. Cool. Whoa. Pressure on all sides, squeezing you down and down some nightmare tunnel. Ugh, can't believe I got You're eaten by a T-Rex. swallowed. Bigger opening. Liquid all around. Water. No, no, no. Too hot to be water. Digestive acid. You're being digested. Okay, so we just read this book. <laughs> one, we just read this book, and two, this is like I. Uh, so I had no good choices. I get killed as a cockroach. I get eaten as a person. You'll see. There's still some stuff that's gonna happen. These books. You are blind, deaf, except for a sound of churning and the steady bass drum of a heart beating. It's not that I'm Boom. deaf, except for a sound of Boom. churning. It's that there are no sounds except that for a sound accurate. of churning. That is accurate. Yes. Okay. Well, I just you know. <laughs> You grind up against warm flesh, up against something that feels like bones. T-Rex's last snack? You're holding your breath. You don't want to breathe in the battery acid T-Rex has in its stomach, True. instead of stomach acid for some reason. What can you do? With a desperate burst of energy, you try to claw your way out, but it's hopeless. You can't grab onto the smooth flesh lining the dinosaur's belly. What can you do? The Elemist has given you only one more roach. You begin to morph. Timberwolf and uh, Savvy42 have suggested that you, you've been morphed into a giraffe. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Let's find out what happens. All right. 
You begin to morph into a giraffe. Yeah. Almost immediately, your oxygen-deprived brain calms down. Your thinking grows clearer. Giraffe bodies can live longer than humans without much air. Okay. You're growing larger. Now the churning of the stomach isn't so painful. You're alive, but for how long? You pass out. Wake up. Pass out. When you wake up the second uh, time... I'm going to get pooped out as a cockroach. You're a giraffe. As a giraffe. <laughs> That's what I said. When you wake up the second time, you notice the stomach has stopped churning. Your giraffe senses can smell fresh air. You force the giraffe toward the air. I can't Run. believe that the end of this is getting pooped out of a T-Rex as a cockroach slash no, giraffe. No, 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 it's not. All right, run up a tube the size of a giraffe-sized water pipe. <laughs> run out into a cavern lined with sparkling teeth. Run across a plane of pink flesh. Okay, oh, okay, fine. You begin to demorph. Your human eyesight blinks back on. You can see you're standing next to an enormous corpse. Uh, you're, you can see you're standing next to a small corpse. You're still <laughs> um, much taller than you would normally be. <laughs> a dinosaur looks the size of a relatively small <laughs> dinosaur to a gir Shape giraffe. Thing. Yep, okay. And not like an aircraft carrier. Oh, sure. <laughs> The others notice you. Hey, Cassie says, you're alive. Barely, you say, still more giraffe than human. I didn't notice that you were gone. We all made it, Jake says, shaking his head. Amazing. Who killed the T-Rex, you ask? I guess I did, Jake says. How? It ate me, Jake says. So I acquired it and started morphing in its throat. Gross. Everyone is buzzed with energy and nerves. You decide to keep walking even though it's dark. You trudge through the grass for a few miles. You stop and doze. You get up and trudge some more. Nobody knows where you're going, but somehow walking makes you feel better. Gradually, the sky lightens and the sun comes up. More trudging. And now you're beginning to think that sitting down and never walking again would be a nice plan. Oh, man, look, Jake says. I think we're coming up on some kind of big gorge or whatever. You march up to it. A huge canyon. You're on the edge of a valley hundreds of feet deep and miles across. The valley isn't empty. Down there, spread across a mile of valley floor, are glittering, shining buildings. And hovering over them is something that looks like a flying saucer. What? A flying saucer and dinos? This is getting weird. If you decide to pretend you never saw that city, go to chapter 24. I'm if sorry. you decide to investigate, go to chapter 25. What possible outcome could there be to, okay, well, we'll just keep walking and pretend we didn't see the city <laughs> and the flying saucer? Like, what on earth? You could find out if you want. Why is this a choice? This bananas. Well, what choice are you going to make? Well, I'm going to investigate it unless... <laughs> okay, <laughs> unless I Pretend have... you never saw it. Ignore that city. I mean, I don't know. I don't trust you guys. Ignore Only it. Only one way to find out. Ignore it. <laughs> 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 it's your choice, Gray. You can't... You and you, Vin. I I think we're going to have to investigate it. Although okay. it does only... Wait, hold on. No. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Catherine makes a good point. That city leads only to Tobias committing genocide. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's ignore it. Cover your eyes and hum loudly. Oh my goodness. Walk away. Okay, this is exciting. Right. Let's make all the bad decisions today, you guys. You turn it. your back on the canyon and walk the way you came. What yeah. would the giraffe do? Through, <laughs> somehow you've convinced all the other animorphs to do the same thing. Through the tall grass, heading for the forest. You're hungry, thirsty, itchy, damp from sweating and the heavy humidity. An added plus, you're attracting bugs the size of small birds. <laughs> At first, you complain about the bugs, the humidity, but after a while, the group quiets down. 
everyone seems to be fighting depression. You have no idea where you're going or how to get home. That's not depression. That's the true enemy in the time of dinosaurs is depression. <laughs> Even Tobias killer. seems tired. You notice he is flapping from tree to tree, resting while the rest of your weird little group catches up. Once you've crossed the plain, you move into the woods. You stop to drink from a spring. I wish I had a Coke, Jake says as he wipes his mouth with the back of his hand. Anything in the soda family, Marco says. Coke, Pepsi, Sprite, Orangina, root beer. Hey, I've even sucked out a tab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Access. That's, yeah. that's the best thing in this book so far. Axe has one hoof in the edge of the stream. I find the water in this time period quite refreshing. Far superior to 21st century water, it must be all the cadmium. He didn't say that last part. I want a shower, <laughs> Rachel says. They're in the 21st century. Whoa! Okay, so I guess Yuvid joined after, you know, I don't know, book 37 or so. Yeah. yeah. No explanation. I want a shower, Rachel says. <laughs> Why, Cassie asks, you already look impossibly clean and well-groomed. I swear you have some sort of force field that repels dirt. Shh, Tobias says. Why, Marco says. I like to bond by sharing grooming tips. Have I ever told you how I keep my hair so soft and shiny? Okay, I love that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Suddenly, Marco's come to life in this chapter, and it's the best part. I think I hear something, Tobias says. Jake instantly looks alert. Check it out. You think? You repeat. Birds of prey have incredibly sharp hearing. You don't understand Tobias's hesitation. Tobias flaps hard, straining for attitude. Yes, it does say straining for attitude. attitude. It says attitude. A plus attitude. He's like, he's like Marco just got such a good attitude. I also. Tobias needs more attitude, attitude in this Yeah, book. he's it's straining true. for it. Uh-oh, a Deinonychus. Only about four feet to your left. <laughs> oh, no. You so spin. you can see that alien city from miles away. Sure, but the Deinonychus, but the Deinonychus just snuck right up on us. Four and a half feet too far. Wow. You spin. Scan the trees. I don't see anything, Jake said. For some reason, no one can see the dinosaur that's four feet away. Well, they didn't see the city, possibly, so fine. <laughs> Rachel is... now. Maybe now they just pretend not to see things. Oh, I think. Rachel is already starting to morph. She's growing, sprouting grizzly fur. What's a Deinonychus? We've had a request for the song. <laughs> How does it go? Deinonychus. Something like that. It's the chorus. With its powerful jaw. Oh, yeah. With its powerful claw. Deinonychus. Yeah. Aren't those the baddies from Jurassic Park, you ask? Those are velociraptors, Marco says. What's the difference, Cassie asks, now somehow knowing nothing about animals. Deinonychus are bigger, Tobias says, sounding puzzled. It's weird. Paleontologists say Deinonychus was a smart pack hunter. But this one is alone. Maybe it's an outcast, Rachel suggests. Like a lone wolf. No. You have another idea. Or... No. Coming from your left. Coming from your right, you spin around just in time to see a flash of motion, a man-sized dinosaur leaping, then BAM! Sharp talons hit your chest, knocking you onto your back. You're pinned to the ground. You beat on its pebbly flesh with your bare hands, which you've morphed now. Uh, the dinosaur <laughs> lifts one talon. It points a wicked, down-curved claw at your guts. No, you yell. Slash! You're lunch for a Deinonychus. Go back to page 93 and choose again. Fine. I, I, I definitely had fewer deaths. I, you, yeah, oh, yeah, you definitely won the, like, no deaths game. All right. <clears throat> Chapter 25. You've got to get down there somehow, you say. Investigate. Maybe whoever built that city can help us figure out a way home. Flash. 
The valley disappears. The prehistoric landscape vanishes. You and the others are sitting in the middle of an empty IMAX what? theater. What? You have what? the best seat in the house. Center seat of the center row. Cassie, Axe, and Tobias are on your left. Marco, Rachel, and Jake are on your right. Okay, we sell there. It is not the same it's arrangement not the same as arrangement the picture on the, the cover. On the cover. A tub of buttered popcorn sits on your lap. There's a supersized soda in the cup holder. Marco picks up his cup. Sips. Coke, you ask? Marco makes a it's face. Tab. It's Tab. Tab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so glad you picked the amazing. other. Oh, my God. <clears throat> yeah, we yeah, because appreciate you appreciate that without the really other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Investigate, comes the Elemist's booming voice. No, I hate that guy. Find a way. These are things humans do well. What? I hate him so much. The house lights dim. He just wants to know if you're curious. That's why he gave you this test. The enormous curved screen in front of you fills with an image. A close-up of a nameless, primitive man. His grubby hands are rubbing two sticks together. A lick of flame starts to grow, illuminating a face filled with wonder and fear. The scene shifts. You see a dirty, wild-looking woman tapping a piece of flint against a stone to fashion a crude tool. Again, the scene shifts. You see men and women of all races weaving fabric, forging glittery objects of metal, collecting seeds, planting seeds, making sails and canoes, and setting off to explore waterways. Now the pace of the images picks wheels, wheels of a dozen different sizes. Wheels on crude vehicles, on potter's wheels, on lathes. And now the humans you see are starting to look different. More light in their eyes. A keener awareness. You watch them plot the motion of the stars. Create the first irrigation systems. Stack up crude bricks to build shelters. And then ziggurats. And then pyramids. People wearing tunics and sandals. Invent screws, pulleys, levers. Pumps, simple engines, watermills, plows, arches, vaults, <laughs> domes, amphitheaters, aqueducts, tunnels, list? bridges, lighthouses, roads, and compasses. All right. Now the images are coming you faster. Say that's an all encompassing list. <laughs> oh my God, Jenny. <laughs> now the images are coming faster. Casts and books, going. telescopes, steam engines. Incredible, Axe whispers. Now the images are spinning so fast they are just flashes. You see what has to be Benjamin Franklin with his kite. Edison with a bumpy looking light bulb. Then a sprawling city lighting up. New York. Streams of people in hats moving down a staircase and onto a herky-jerky train. A subway in London or Boston or Paris. Boston. Delicate suspension bridges. Trains. Photographs, another list. Telephones, people climbing snowy mountain peaks, probing ocean floors, riding into space on rockets, images flashing by, blurring into one another. Airplanes, elevators, skyscrapers, oh cars, God, computers, Dad. plastics, drugs, medicine, TVs, lasers, like, okay, we robots, need more vaccines, words. satellites. The screen goes dark. The theater lights come up. That was cool, Tobias says. <laughs> It was not. Very PBS, Marco adds. Yeah, no, that sounds more What does it mean, you ask? You have 
pass the test. I hate him so much. The theater disappears. The Animorphs disappear. You're in the back seat of your parents' car. Your dad is driving, and your mother is in the passenger seat. You're following a big yellow moving truck on the way to your new house. Oh. Mom? You say in disbelief. You remember everything. The battle in your bedroom. The morphing. The howlers. The T-Rex. You also remember this car ride. It happened a week ago, back before you ever spent a minute in your new school. Your mother turns around and smiles at you. What's it, sweetie? Nothing. You feel like crying. You have to do it all over. No, you don't. Now you no, don't ever have to go don't. near that construction oh, site. there we go. Now you don't ever have to discover the blue box. Do that. Unless you want to. <laughs> I don't. I want to destroy That's the everything. end. Okay, but what if you just find the blue box and give it to the animorphs? Well, don't. If you guys want to try to do something different with the blue box, we can start over. No, <laughs> thank you. I don't want to put it I'm on the set. internet. My thing I'm about that. the question that I have is: Why is the Elemist the worst? Why are the alternatives really so bad? Yeah. Yeah. Who wrote these? Why are they this, terrible? This, this one is worse because it wasn't quite as funny. It like, wasn't that funny. The bit where the giraffe kicks Mr. Three out of, out of <laughs> time. That's the funniest thing that's ever happened. It's the funniest thing that's ever happened. The thing where Marco finally gets his tap is the funniest thing in this one. Yeah. This is very good. much like a retread. And like, why would you pick these books? Like the ones where they go yes. to weird places. I mean. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was for the fun of going to weird places. But maybe that makes, I feel though. like that's less interesting. Yes. Because, like, especially in the Howlers one, it just retreads the entire plot, right? Yeah. Like, and it seems like there was no option in the Howlers one to, like, pass the test entirely. It seems yeah. like you can only pass the test by choosing yeah. B. And, like, the in Alternomorphs one, it was fun because you were kind of, while the stuff was going on, you were had, like, a parallel journey. Yeah, you got to right? have an adventure instead of, like, mm. I guess I'll sit on Rachel while, like, she That's has an adventure. Yeah. yeah. You didn't, you really didn't get their own. I guess I'll be a cockroach mm. while they... Kill a T-Rex. And this was the, in the other one, it was sort of like, you. it was good choice, bad choice, right? You die, you die, you die, you die. Yeah. Here you get the two branches, but there's not enough space in the book to do a lot with it, right? So yeah. why did they feel like they had to use existing Animorphs books for all of these? Because it did seem like they were kind of locked into what happened in those timelines. Why didn't they just do a new Animorphs adventure? That would have been so Because it would have better. required creativity. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean they the got end a writer it, to write it. Yeah, but at the end, it was four-page list of human achievements. Like, it's a <laughs> writing it is like kind of a stretch for this book. This was like a well, copy dang. and paste book if I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like, oh, we promised that this book would be twenty-five thousand words, and it's only twenty-four and a half thousand words. Okay, another page of human achievements. Yeah, some of our wonderful participants suggested that they could have added. <laughs> iPods, trains, jewels. There were the Nintendo pencil. The Nintendo Switch. A tracks. You guys are all excellent. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. It would have been amazing <laughs> if they'd like foreshadowed some actual human invention. You were given a test for like something my. that was not your fault, and your reward for, reward for being curious and a spectator is to be a non-curious spectator and avoid the adventure altogether. Good point. Aaron Sinner points out that every idea for a new Animorphs adventure had to be turned into an actual oh, Animorphs that's book. that's so true. That is a good point. <laughs> Very good. Good point. Yeah. I love those they were not, yeah, they were not just swimming in ideas at this point. We just had the book where uh, they went inside right. Marco's body, so. Well, um, you made different choices, and Gray died more. I did die a but lot more. But you passed the test. 
So did you, I, didn't you? No, because I didn't get my parents back. Oh, uh, we got Cassie back. I sort of I guess. passed the test. I'm not sure I got so my parents back. I got actual credit. Yeah. And also, the people in the New York streets were chanting your name for an unexplained reason. So, <laughs> you bet, you bet, you bet. <laughs> I assume that was just an Elemis illusion. Where Maybe. the Elemis is like, you passed. Book, Here's some apparently. secret tape. The secret tape parade. You passed by completely staying out of the action, which is what every good animorph does somehow. This book was very dumb. It, yes. Yeah. And it did bad. not well, endear me to the Elmist at all. You understand no. why this was the final Wild Stormworks book. Yes, that does sound right. I mean, I'm pretty sure this is all extra canonical, so I'm not sure we can hold it against the Elmist, but, but nonsense. Can yes, I can. To. Yeah, I think you I'm probably very can. talented at holding so, it against the Elmist. Speaking against offenses to canon, yeah. I think despite running out of Alternomorphs books, we have not run out of non-main series Animorphs content. Ooh, true. So one thing that we were thinking of doing was some kind of like Zoom-enabled TV viewing of the Animorphs TV show. Yeah. You guys think you'd be up for that? I have been brought around. I have a lot of reluctance to watch uh, any sort of TV adaptation of the Animorphs. But I've been told that this adaptation is so bad that it cannot possibly overwrite any of my existing, you know, mental pictures of anything in the series. Unanimous agreement. Everyone's it really has into one thing going for it. This. The theme oh. song is pretty good. It is very good. No turning back. No Something like that. Oh, someone says <clears throat> that I should write a better Alternomorphs. Um, Accurate. We'll we'll see. What a there great might, idea. There might be something afoot. We'll yeah. see. All right. Anything <laughs> else we should say before so signing off? Thanks um, for watching. Thanks for joining us yeah. on yeah, our quarantine like, Thanks for all your stream. input. Sorry, this one was a lot worse than the first one. <laughs> I'm sure. No, no. I'm sure once we get to the TV show, the quality will be right back up. Again. Oh, yeah. I don't even oh, worry yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. The TV show will be excellent. Yeah. That's that's why you want us to watch it, right? Because it's yes, because so it's so okay. good. All right, just checking. Appreciate <laughs> that. Um, we will uh, be back in your feeds at some point. We've got a podcast coming out tomorrow, and then after that, the quality of the podcast may diminish slightly, just because sound quality. Sound quality. Same. I mean, possibly the also content, but <laughs> sound quality may diminish as we are doing this in a slightly different way now that we are, you know, trying to be good and uh, prevent spreading coronavirus. All right. Thanks Stay so much safe, for everyone. joining us. Be yeah. healthy, be well. Happy yep. social distancing. Bye. Bye. If you want to find us, we are at anamorphology.com and at anamorphology on Twitter. Subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And don't forget to rate us, review us, and recommend us to your friends. You know you make me want to splat. This is amazing. Splat. <laughs> you want to splat, Bridget? Uh, Bridget is Visser 3 and thinks that splatting is beneath him. <laughs>